0: This, this, this is the DallasCowboys.com Draft Show. Your war room
1: for insider news and draft analysis from deep within the confines of Cowboys headquarters at the Star in Frisco. Today is Wednesday, January 16th, and we are now officially 99 days from the 2024 (laughs) NFL Draft. Welcome into the draft show for the first time in 2024, presented by Miller Lite. We will be here twice a week from here on out. Unfortunately, a couple weeks early, but we're here nonetheless.
2: You think you're so funny, don't you, Pat?
3: 99 days. I looked that up this morning and I had a mini heart attack myself. Yeah, I, I will mention that it's January 17th and not 16th, but it's fine. D- what? <laughs>
1: It's Did okay. I say 16th? It's okay. It's I mean right. Wednesday, January. You're so still living
4: yesterday. That's it. Okay. <laughs>
1: Welcome into the draft show. <laughs> Nick's already cut off. We've got Zach Wolchuk, <laughs> Nick Harris, the great Brian Broadus, Aisha Morrison. I'm Kyle Yeomans, Chris Beam in the back. We will have Bobby Belt in the rotation as well throughout the draft show here Ooh. this season, and it is draft season, so we will have all those guys. But Brian, it's always uh, it's always bittersweet to be back in here because one. We're we're getting the talk draft season, but two it means the Cowboys season has come to a close.
5: Yeah, that's usually the way things work, and uh, you know, you felt like that maybe that you'd have a, a couple more opportunities to to kind of uh, see this football team play, but uh, it it really is you know all year long they have your season, and but the scouts are working on the draft, you know, and mm-hmm. we just pick it up, we 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 cover the season, and then we try and catch up with the scouts and what's going on, but. You know, this is the way, uh, you know, this is the way, you know, this is the way you make your team better. Uh, you go out and you evaluate. We always talk about in the show, uh, we educate and investigate are the two things that we do here. And so, uh, you know, looking forward to doing that with all you. Uh, it's, uh, it's, it's always a fun time of the year for me because I, I live this. This has been my life. And I'm so happy that I have teammates here that have a passion for it as well. And that's, I think, what makes this show so great is the, the, the camaraderie but the discussion about these players and, and how to make not only the Dallas Cowboys better, but we have fans from all over the, the country that watch this show and learn about players. So uh, we welcome you as well.
1: Can't wait. And it's always a lot of fun the more you dive into the draft process. And Aisha got her first taste of it last year. Zach got his first official taste of it. Nick, you're the rookie of the show this time yeah. around. So uh, it, the deeper you get into it, the, the more fans enjoy the learning and yeah. the more learning that's had on our side as well, investigate and educate all day, every day. And Nick, you've, you've been around a lot of these prospects from the recruiting trail yeah excited to see how you kind of bring that extra taste into it on the draft side. too.
3: Honestly, me too. Uh, just to kind of give everybody some perspective on where I come from. I uh, started working for the Dallas Cowboys. Um, this was uh, the f- first day was the first day of the draft for me last year. So uh, while I was getting everything situated, getting my HR paperwork in, I was watching you guys trying to handle who's going to get trapped in the first round. Uh, but yeah, this is my first time going through the draft process with you guys. Where I came from, I was covering college football recruiting for four to five years with 24-7 sports and rivals. Uh, my last two years was with rivals as a national analyst so whenever you see those high school kids get the stars put on them three four five star i was one of the seven guys that was doing that nationwide so whenever one of these two stars gets drafted in the first round i'm the one you can come to and be like you're stupid so uh, looking forward to
1: it Ooh, i can't wait for that that's, that's gonna, cool. be yeah. Yeah. Well, there, well, gonna be fun well well, I was gonna be a three star in the first round and we're gonna look at nick and be like what were you doing i
3: will say 2026 draft is when my evals will start coming uh, around so okay. y- I'll, I'll save the we beat for, for that we'll save the beat for years. that
1: that's awesome <laughs> aisha you Number two, how's it different for you this time around?
3: Well,
2: if I'm being human and being very honest, I'm not nearly as nervous as I was. Um, it's, it's this is not an easy feat coming up here, and and Brian used to tell me, like, you can't fake it doing this, and so the you know, the work that you have to put in to be precise with it, and people hold your feet to the fire, you know, and you guys will too. So, I think coming into this season I'm far more just comfortable being with you guys because I know you at this point and as far as the process goes I'm just learning to I can trust myself more you know because I have done it and so now I'm like I trust my eyes and uh, we can go for it so I'm excited that's I'm awesome. actually excited. It
1: gets me pumped up. Let's go. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The fact that you're going into year number two and you already feel that comfortable, like and you're you're back into your rhythm that mm-hmm. you already had last year. And I think everybody can speak to you did a phenomenal job in year number one. Year number two is going to be even better. I can't wait.
5: I will say this: the anxiety never goes away. That's true.
2: Yeah, <laughs> it
5: never really that one's does. True. But I mean, because like you say, you you feel responsible. You really do, oh, and, and especially when you're sitting in that chair across the hall up there when you're <laughs> drafting players, you feel responsible. For what's going out there, and so yeah, that's that's the great thing about it. And you you your uh, your misses uh, resonate with you more than your makes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's nice when people remind you about the makes, though, because th- that's that makes you feel a little bit better about the job you're doing. It
1: happens every once in a while. Yeah. You'll get one yeah. where it's like, "Hey, you can have this guy right." Yep. Appreciate all the insight, but more often than not, it's. What, why did you guys have this guy so yeah. high or why did you have yeah. him so low yeah. and it always sure. turns into that. Zach, you had that a couple times
4: last year. Oh yeah, Yoshivosh yeah, ended up making me look pretty good. The <laughs> Princeton kid from yeah. the Bengals. I got a couple, but then, uh, yeah, there, there were some, you know, Emmanuel Forbes, I think we were all high on My and best. I definitely got the uh, well, gosh, you guys loved Emmanuel Forbes. Yeah. Look at him. He's getting benched over there in Washington, what do yeah. you know? But <laughs> hey, it's part of the process and I don't think that you can go ahead and just write a kid off after a rookie season. No. Yeah. I know we'll talk about that with some of the Cowboys from this past draft as well.
1: Yeah, there's a lot to dive in into I do want to get into the recent reaction though with the way that the season ended you, you give up 40 48 points I almost said 42 I'm giving six points to this Dallas defense 48 points Ooh. in the wild card round to Green Bay you fall 48 to 32 you, you get bounced in a, in a round that you anticipated to win and things really do change on a dime i mean one week we're talking about mike mccarthy and extensions and and everything that can happen there dan quinn's a, a shoe in for head coaching jobs around the league and then all of a sudden you put a halt on him really every conversation and you don't know what the future of this franchise really looks like brian when it comes to the draft and and, and really the team's perspective how much can things change just over the next couple of weeks.
5: Yeah, it can change quite a bit. you know. And now everybody goes – they'll have their meetings. They've dismissed the team. You know, the coaching staff, you'll get everything kind of squared up. We'll see what happens with DQ and his interviews. You know, you have to maybe prepare for him being gone. Do you have to get a, def- a different defensive coordinator? Does that change the philosophy? Is there a coordinator coming from the outside if that's the case? Uh, is he a 4-3, four, 3-4? Three, three, four? You know, does he mesh with what we're trying to do? Dan was really involved with personnel. And so if Dan were to move on, now you're trying to think, okay, well, all those players that we really watched all year that Dan really liked, mm-hmm. now we're, someone else might come in here and say, well, this is the type of player I want. You know, and that's that's the tough thing on scouts. They have to go back now and bring back potential players that they might not have liked or graded well enough for the team. But you have a new defensive coordinator, so any type of tweak with the coaching staff could be a little bit of a, a stress on your
1: scouting staff. How much th- does that put a pressure on? a potential hire coming in because there's there's already a an infrastructure laid from the draft picks you've made, yeah. from the roster that's been put on the field recently. But Nick, whenever you look at maybe even potential candidates, whether it's at head coach or defeat defensive coordinator how much does that put a pressure on them to come in and immediately either change or keep things the same?
3: Yeah, I think there's going to have to be a pressure to change, right? Because if they're brought in, they're brought in to change. That's that's what kind of the whole conversations are this week about You know, how much change do you want to instill on the cornerstones of this roster, the cornerstones of this team. And I think if someone's brought in to do that, then they're going to have to do that, especially considering when you look at it from a draft perspective, what the 2023 draft class put on the table this last season, being able to have a successful 24 class so I think there's even more pressure on that, whether that be for a first guy or the guys that are already here. Uh, I, I think that would be equal pressure in that sense. Yeah,
1: Man, it, it really does change things pretty quickly. But how did it change your perspective on the way that this roster has been built, the way that they were bounced out of that wild card round and, and really dismantled by Green Bay?
2: I mean, yeah, I, I think that – and it really I don't want to upset anybody, but listen, this league is ever-changing, evolving. I feel like, uh, I personally felt like the big nickel in the way that it's been used and just kind of some of the things they do on the defensive side of the ball has been really good for this system. But I do think, just like every other thing in football, at some point in time, people figure some stuff out. Yeah. They figure out how to counter it. And I think this is year three, four, whichever year it is. I think some defenses. I mean, because it would be different if it was just like one or two times. But every time that you got beat, it was people attacking that Mm -hmm. part of your defense. And so to me, I do think there's some changes that have to be made or some. uh, it's okay to take a step back and also to reevaluate and see if if you need to change some things or how you can adjust. So for me, it's like if there's a new coordinator coming in, I thought Brian made a really good point about even looking at some of the players now, I'm like, I don't know the foundation of what this defense might look like next year as opposed to we went into last year looking at Forbes like, this is a ball hawk guy. Yeah. Press. Yeah. All that lengthy corner. Mm-hmm. That's the prototype for what, you know, this defensive staff likes or that side of the ball. But now you're like, well man, like if there's a philosophy change, what what is the foundation? And so I do think it also puts some not pressure on us, but it does change how we even attack this show, I right. think, at this point. So, now, yeah, for me, I'm just like, if there's changes that need to be necessary, I need them to go ahead and, you know, decide to do that. But <laughs> hmm. I'm just being I'm just being honest, yeah. man, like because the way that you lost in these games was because of not that side of the ball to me. Yeah, a lot I, of it. I
3: yeah. think there's a really good point to make on the defensive side that you made because yeah. you already made the changes on the offensive side. You, you figured those out last offseason and I feel like the offense had a pretty strong year from from by any measures, especially if you look at week six going into the bye week and what they did coming out. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think there was a lot of positive that you could take away from that. But you look at the defensive side and how, like you said, whenever they lose, it was the same exact areas of the defense that were getting attacked. You can't go into Oxnard next year with the same exact thing that you finished with on Sunday afternoon. So You're going to have to make some sort of major change and I think that starts with the defensive side of the ball because they haven't done that yet they already did the offensive side all right let's do a defensive overhaul let's see what that looks like can I yeah. ask you guys a, ph- a philosophy
5: question we, coming out of Oxnard did we all think that they went short at linebacker yes absolutely
2: everyone was concerned about See, linebacker. to me that's
5: where I felt like the house of cards was yeah. right that's now and, and and I think Gan was trying his best to put what I would say a Band-Aid on an amputation.
2: Oh, absolutely. <laughs> you know, yeah, I mean, if you
5: really like, like bell. Well, be fair and, 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 you know, yeah. and Bell and and you talked about Bell and and, and and what he could do and all that. You brought up I think you gave a great thumbnail about the player and all. But see this is where I you know you wonder about philosophy. They made a determination to go short at linebacker and they trusted that Vanderesh would stay healthy. You know the overshown injury was just it was tragic from what we saw during training camp. There were some things philosophy-wise that they chose to do that the end of the year really just showed its ugly head. And you know and I think that's what they have to go back and study like when we were coming out of camp what did we think? Why did we think this? Yeah, and I think that put a lot of stress on the defense for some of the things that the, some of the decisions that they made. Yeah.
4: I think we were pretty excited about Overshown, right? So Heck, I mean, yeah, I think that's yeah, a great point. Like for Dan Quinn, you look at the undersized nature of this defense, and you're absolutely right, Aisha. Teams were exploiting that, but yeah. I, you you were hoping to have LV, right? You were hoping to have Overshown, yeah, but I think fair. that this. This team is very well built to win the NFC East. I think now you need to look at, okay, how can you match up with the San Francisco? How can you match up in the postseason when you get there? Because I think we believe this team's good. This team's going to win double-digit games every single year. But once we get into the playoffs, there seems to be a little bit of a disconnect there. You need to get bigger. You need to get bigger, and you need to get stronger for me. And that's kind of a difference that I'm looking at instead of just simply speed. Well, we all evaluated Mozzie Smith. Yep. Right? Yeah. And Mozzie
5: Smith was supposed to be the 330 pound defensive tackle. And next thing mm. I know, I'm watching tape and I, I call Aisha. I go, Does Mozzie Smith look small to you? You know, and we all were kind of, Yeah, he looks small on He's tape. He's playing at like
1: 307. Yeah. yeah. See, that's yeah.
5: what I'm saying. All of a sudden, there's some philosophy things on defense. And yeah, they absolutely do need to get bigger, tougher, I think is something. But we talked about toughness. Two years ago against San Francisco, yeah. right? You know, some things have to change. Uh, yeah. You know what, what, what exactly what you're saying.
2: Yeah, to, I said on our show yesterday. I said one of the one of the changes I'm looking to see. Hey, man, listen, if you if you keep the head coach and the OC, fine. For the love of God, bring an advisor or somebody in here that understands the Shanahan tree. Yeah. Because defensively and offensively, they give you trouble, and mm-hmm. it's not getting any better. Yeah. The Rams have turned it around and figured their life out. Green Bay looks like an up and coming team. Yep. You got to see these people. You're going to have to see, and the 49ers could possibly be just as good next year. You're going to yep. have to keep seeing these these guys, and then also too on the AFC side. To your point, you played a lot of unfamiliar opponents this year, and it showed. And so I thought that was I thought that was a good point that you guys made in regard to like, okay, well this team is beat to you that it's built to build the NFC to beat the NFC NFC East. Oh yeah, cool, yeah. But you need to look at how do you match up against. Everyone else as well. Can this travel? Can this philosophy be extended across the NFL? Because baby, if you once you get in the playoffs, or when, if you're trying to get to the bowl, you gonna see an AFC yeah. team. Yeah. There's 100%. no avoiding yeah. them at no this doubt. point. So it's like. To your point, broadening the the matchups and the personnel, I think is going to be important. But also finding identity, identity, and philosophy on both sides of the, both sides of the ball that's conducive to be successful in the league is going to be important moving
4: forward. Agreed. And they got to figure out on offense how do you run the football. Yep. And it's a little bizarre. You look up and you've got two first team all pros at guard. That you is, got a second team all pro at tackle. Yeah, that's and you could not run the ball yeah. all year.
2: Do you All think they look at that? Do you think I, they look at the coordinator position? Even though a lot of the players love Solari, is that something that maybe you look at the inability to run the ball? You may have
1: to. You, but it, uh, if anything, I think it's a philosophy from your head coach and f- your play caller, not just the head coach specifically. But he sold us on the idea caller. that we're going to run yeah. the ball, right? <laughs> All training camp long, run the ball, run the ball, run yeah. the ball, and yeah. then you you can't run the ball, That, yeah. that that's troubling to me. Yeah. If, if you're saying there's an emphasis on running the football and you've got three all-pros up front, two first team, one second team, <laughs> what are we doing? you should be the best running team in the country and or at least top five and you barely crack to top 15 and yeah. you're just mad in terms of running the football. Bringing up a lot of these points, linebacker, defensive tackle, offensive line, different elements of this team, is there one specific position of need I asked the question yesterday on Twitter and it was resounding linebacker
3: as yeah, the number one yeah.
1: but I, I think we could all kind of look around the table and say linebackers maybe not what 24 overall is going to no. constitute no, no, no. no that's not a spot for 24 overall unless it's the perfect player and it's somebody that you feel like is going to be a starter for 12 years in the league and yada 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 but where is the the position of need right now for the Dallas Cowboys team
3: uh, for me, I'm looking offensive line. I, I want a guy that has versatility up front. I want a guy who can play multiple positions. I want a guy that can come into the building and be able to, okay, we could fit you in there if you work there, if Tyler Plug-in-play. Smith moves to tackle. Yeah. Maybe we can keep Tyler Smith at guard and move you to tackle. Are you looking at a guy like Graham Barton out of Duke? I mean, yeah. he's, he's a guy oh, yes. that's in the – First, first name of the player, year, baby. <laughs> Let's go. Graham Barton. That is your
4: pick. Graham Barton out of Duke. Graham Barton's uh, your pick at 24. I mean, he's He's a guy that
3: could play all five. I'm almost confident he could play all five up front. Yeah. Um, and then you look in the second round, a guy like Jackson Powers Johnson, he's a guy that's played four of the five up front for Oregon in the last two seasons. So, you know, I, I want to bring in a guy that has a ton of versatility uh, and they've shown to do that. Awesome Richards, they were hoping to have that little versatility with him. Most of the guys that they drafted in the 23 draft class played multiple positions in college and they wanted to fit them around, figure out what to do with them. I think they continue that philosophy, but they try to find a little bit better talent in that area. Yeah, the,
4: the deepest position groups are offensive tackle and wide receiver in the first round this yeah. year. Uh, I think with out question. Now, linebacker, a lot of people, you're right. They're going to want, want a backer. I think maybe Edron Cooper from Texas A&M could be your top guy. I love Cedric Gray from North Carolina. Mm -hmm. I watched him last night. That dude flies around, makes a lot of plays, but I think day two, maybe early day three, that's when you can attack linebacker, just from what I've seen so far, but the meet in the first round's offensive line, there's a couple of tackles that are super athletic, but I I do think you need to probably improve at center. I think when this team had issues and, uh, you know, it's nothing against Tyler Biotish, but it was was in the middle, right? And I think that a lot of your run issues were because of that, and I think when Dak had issues, it was because immediately, and every quarterback's going to have this, it's pressure in your face, you've got to have a guy, and I think Graham Barton's perfect for this, I think he kicks inside at the next level, I think he's a guard or a center, I don't think he's big enough to play tackle, I think the same thing about Fontenot from Washington, I think he's 6'2", was an outstanding tackle at college, but to me, yeah. he's got that squatty guard body, those are two kind of guys to me I'm looking at if they fall to 24, Graham Barton I think is the nastiest offensive lineman that I looked yeah. at, he's a finisher, yeah. He wants to put your ass on the ground, right? And I think you need a little bit of (laughs) that (laughs) physicality and toughness.
2: What? Let Brian go.
4: No, he just said, drop that ass on the ground. I just he wanted to look that? at you. He said, yeah. put your ass on the ground, but he drops that ass. I <laughs> no. just wanted
1: to look at Aisha and if we, could, we
3: wanted to throw back the One to of the best scouting terms I've ever heard. <laughs> drop, that <ass. laughs> drop that ass. You're telling me the guy from Duke, he drops his ass? <laughs> the guy on
4: Duke. Listen. He can drop this that ass. This is
3: not a family friendly show <laughs> anymore.
1: <laughs> <I> we've <laughs> we've, we've, we've taken a jump right up of? to PG 13. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs>
4: exactly.
2: Not, um, Listen, I, I don't want to be the cliche and and mention linebacker, but y'all already took in. you have already taken offensive line. Man, listen. No, um, go ahead, and take
5: a linebacker. Yeah, yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll dance with you here.
2: Yeah, I mean, we you talk about you know late later down in the in the rounds, you know maybe not taking one day one, maybe not even day two, depending on. I like uh, Maurice Lafau from Notre Dame, mm, uh, okay. outside linebacker. All right. yeah. Um, I took a lot, I took a look at him. I like his lateral quickness. Um, he has the ability to rush the passer, but his yeah, he plays that line of Aggressiveness like very, very well. He stays, he's even tempered, but he can be a little hot headed and he's, Love his that. motor is crazy. He's, listen, uh, yeah, he's some on. Um, he has the hair and everything, <laughs> uh, but, and he was a Buckus Award finalist there as well. Go. So he's, he's, people know that this guy can play. Um, they didn't, they didn't, uh, they were top 10 in defense yeah, and this crazy sure guy were. was a part of it sure because was. he plays with his hair on fire, but I just like how he comes downhill and tackles. He's physical um, and he also has coverage instincts I was gonna ask you can he
1: cover yeah yeah yeah. I mean honestly when
2: you look at this linebacker class a lot of them can can cover cover. yeah they can and it's it's kind of cool because we talked about it last year just kind of the evolution of the position but he's a good balance of I can cover but I can come downhill and I'm gonna make you pay and I do think that that's something you want to look for but I look at the lateral quickness too when you're talking about how do you beat some of these guys that do a lot of motion and all that stuff or attack your linebackers he has some of that in him so I was looking at him last night and I was very impressed by what I saw so maybe if you want to get a guy maybe like the third round or fourth round if that's what you decide to do this guy can ball.
3: Yeah, and one thing to add about Maris Lua he he comes from Hon- I, th- I believe Lua Fowl. Yeah, he we comes haven't from had the uh, official pronunciation. <laughs> yet. I mean, we're, we're, getting, we're getting on that. Uh, but he comes from Punahou, uh, Hawaii, which is in North Honolulu, and those guys are known for being run stoppers. I mean, Notre Dame loves to go get those Samoan mm-hmm. guys to, to fill into that second level. There's another one we'll talk about next year in Nuafei Tui, Halamaka. but talking about Luafau for this Thank year. God we got him for the names. He, 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 started, he started as a That's DB. That's my bit, Nick. Back off. <laughs> he started I as a DB that. in high school school and and being able to add that weight get up to 240 and add that run stopping ability that he trains with down in honolulu because they can't throw the ball down there i mean i'm sorry Tua was the only one that really to really come out of there that could so having to go through those four years run stopping and being able to fill that and then also having that db background it really helped him once he got to notre dame he's a guy i really like as well that has a little bit of versatility
2: little raw he's still to me to me i think he's still has some stuff that he has to work on but i like that because i think he has all the tools and you can just put him out there and let him grow that, I'm into sounds, that. Yeah, he that got, sounds
4: great. You got some hit stick to, him, to the, him. The one position group that I think is drastically different from last year, that is pretty thin, is running back, and that's another spot the Cowboys are going to be looking at. That was a group that last year we were talking about ten deep at running back. We're like, man, you can get a guy on day two, you're feeling really good about it. This year, the best guy that I've watched so far, Trey Benson from Florida State. Yeah. I think he can do everything you want. But okay. I mean, a Jonathan Brooks out of Texas, I think he's a really good player, but he's coming off of the injury, yeah. right? A lot of these guys decided to go back. I was high on. Donovan Edwards from Michigan, he's going mm-hmm. back to school. Trayvon Henderson from Ohio State going back to school. You know, Blake Horum now has put himself in the conversation of being— A lot of carries on one that the, body. But, and he's 5'8". Yeah. Do you want to go with another smaller back yeah. there? Yeah. So, I mean, running back and linebacker are the two spots that I think are big needs for this team, but I don't think that there's really going to be a guy, when you look at draft value, that you can take super high.
1: And even like Jonathan Brooks at the top of that, yeah. I mean, he's he's up there on the list, but he's coming off of an injury exactly. as well. So the, it feels like this entire running back class has questions. And this is a team that was in the market for a running back last year. They took Deuce Vaughn in the sixth round, but even before that, we were sitting in this podcast studio and looking at guys like Zach Charbonnet, mm-hmm. Devin Achan, yeah. Tank Bigsby. It felt like every round they were looking at a guy and yeah. then they would, he would get slipped out from underneath them. Yeah, that's, and then they didn't end up getting anybody. There's value.
5: There's value, in the, and that that your guys are right though. That position was so deep. It was a fun group to study. I'm going to throw a guy out at, at you real quick here, if I could. I know Are we up against on a break here. We can uh, we can get one guy in. How about this? I, I drafted this guy's dad at Philadelphia <laughs> and uh, Jeremiah Trotter Jr. If you're talking about linebackers, <laughs> you liking this? Yeah, league? I watched him I, last I knew you'd night. Bring him up. This guy's my Nick Bolton from the Kansas City Chiefs. We loved Nick Bolton in 2020. That's how
2: you feel today, Brian? That's
5: how I feel today. Frisco Lone Star. I'm, and it's only going to get better, kid. <laughs> but yeah, this kid, like I said, I drafted his dad in 98 and while I was with the Eagles. And he plays with fire and passion. He's super competitive. The way he moves. Now, people say watch the Duke game. He had some problems in that game. He absolutely wasn't one of his best games. Watch Notre Dame. Watch North Carolina. Watch some of these other games. and You'll kind of figure some things out. But this guy plays downhill. He plays fast. He knows had to cover he's got the lateral agility the quickness the sideline to sideline i saw him at the time the, the ball carriers are at the sticks he's hitting the guy and is stopping right there this guy's a powerful player his dad was a powerful player he's got instinct too this mm-hmm. guy's a wrap-up tackler he can finish and all that he's six foot though i don't know where teams are going to look at him but when you watch him play Again, it reminded me of Nick Bolton when he was at Missouri, that he was shorter, but he was making every single play. And so Jeremiah Trotter Jr., uh, my guy, uh, and I'll say it right now because I I think he's a hell of a football player.
1: So you drafted his dad. Yeah. Who was – I know the draft – Grades are not complete as a whole, but yeah. who's a better prospect? More well rounded. Took prospect. his dad in the third
5: round. His son's a better, his son's but probably go a
1: lot higher. Than a little round. Bit high yeah, as a yeah. Round. Okay. Okay.
5: exactly. He,
4: he's he's pretty good. No, he's, to watch. Did I see yeah. him right?
5: Get no, him? Oh, heck yeah, oh, you man. did.
2: I watched, him, I watched him last night and um, I literally wrote down I said, if you're going to chip him. You better bury him. Yeah, mm. cause he's not—he's hair on fire. I steal that yeah. for me. Yeah, you can definitely <laughs> steal it. Like you—you you better bury him. I like that. And, yeah. And I was looking at to your point. Uh, I said his turbos are crazy. Turbos yeah. being the closing speed. Yeah. He has, you know how you watch Micah and you see him close on yeah. people. Yeah.
4: downhill acceleration burst
2: and it's it's crazy he just jumps on people so quickly um i i did write down some people may worry about his size yeah they're
4: gonna worry about his height
2: have we not learned our lesson from ivan pace at yeah. All? Oh, yeah. yeah. And I'm, I'm just. Faced yeah.
4: Undrafted.
2: Yeah. Respectfully, are you kidding me? Uh, have we not learned no. our lesson there? If we're so... talking
1: about successes as a show. That was one. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and I was with you all the whole that way. That was one. I was with you all the whole you way. Were, I will back up Nick. It. He was talking about it. Yeah. He was texting me last, yeah. last year. I don't know how that got Upstairs. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And uh, also, too, with Trotter, what stood out to me was are the ball skills. Yeah. When the ball's in the air. Yeah. He's snatching that thing.
4: Yeah. He's good at under. I mean, he plays with his eyes really
2: well. He's snatching that thing like a DB
1: sometimes. His dad had nine and interceptions in his career. His dad was a badass. (laughs) He really was four time pro bowler. So if he's a a better prospect, I'll take that. I'll take a four time pro bowler. Yeah. Yeah. He finished his
2: he finished his career thirteen sacks, thirteen PBUs as a is it a linebacker? Yeah. yeah. All right,
6: boss. Move wait, around.
3: Wait till we start talking about Frank Gore versus Frank Gore Jr. <laughs> oh, yeah.
1: oh, yeah? A little Southern Miss action? All right, when we come back here on the draft show, we'll continue on with some tell Glad me more. Right. We've got some pet cat abilities early on, some, some guys that we just feel like we're gravitating toward. We're going to talk about it when we come back with more of the draft show right after this.
6: What are you waiting for? Get started at blockchain.com. I'm Darren Woodson, former Dallas Cowboy player and Super Bowl champion. When I played in the NFL at a high level, I relied on my vision to see the field. As I started getting older, I noticed my vision wasn't as good and I was getting frustrated from wearing my glasses all day. I went to Laser Care Eye Center and Dr. G talked about all the options. Thanks to technology and Care Eye Center, I can see near, far, and between. Don't fumble your vision any longer. Visit them at DFWIs.com and tell them Darren sent you.
0: And that's the sound of you making them disappear. Smoothie Bowls, now in two new decadent flavors. Only at Smoothie King, the official smoothie of the Dallas Cowboys. This This
1: is the DallasCowboys.com Draft Show. Back here on the Draft Show, we are 99 days away from the 2024 (laughs) NFL Draft. Alongside Nick Harris, Brian Broddus, Aisha Morris, and Zach Wolchuk, I'm Kyle Yeomans. Man, it, it is crazy. 99 days... It feels like we have zero time, and it's even closer. The uh, Senior Bowl is coming up in a yes, couple of weeks. Did yeah. you get your credentials already.
3: Yep, I'm ready to fly out here in about 12 days. So that'll be fun. That's that'll go. be fun. Nick Harris yep.
1: will be on the way to the uh, the Senior Bowl. I'll be at the Shrine Game down the down the hallway <laughs> here at the Star. First year that the Shrine Game is going to be in town. So it's going to be really cool. But Dave Burglar's going to be in town. He told me so. He's coming to the Shrine Game.
5: He's coming. In, he's coming to check it out. We might. If we, a if we have a show. We might have to it's pop awesome. him in or something. We'll somehow. pop him in here. Yeah. We'll
1: make sure he's in. Here. Uh, I mean, as much as these all-star games are going to show, they're going to start popping up pet cats left and right. They're going to yeah. start popping up these these players of interest, guys that you just love and practice. You love their tenacity. You love their, their fight. And then it's also going to take a knock on some guys at the same time. So before we even get into all-star games, I want to know some of the guys that you guys are looking at, and we'll start with Zach Wolchuk. Who's your early pet cat?
4: Ooh, okay. Any
1: position, it could be a position of need, could be yeah. just an overall BPA. What you got?
4: So, I mentioned Cedric uh, Gray, linebacker from North Carolina, earlier. Uh, but probably my favorite player I've watched so far is Javon Bullard, the defensive back from Georgia. Mm. Like, this dude's a, a, just a dog. He saw action as a freshman. He was named defensive MVP of the national title game uh, against TCU and the semifinal against Ohio State. So, big game player. He will thump you, super physical downhill player. And, you know, he's not a guy that's going to throw his body in there. We've seen that a lot. He will wrap up and he will run absolutely through you. He's got a reckless abandon about him. He's really good against the run, can come down, cover the slot as well. Like, that's what's interesting about this guy as a safety. I think he can match up and line up inside against the slot as well. Love his aggression and play temperament. He's a competitor, gets everyone lined up. Like, you can see the football intelligence and the leadership back there. Everybody on that Georgia secondary, and if you're taking a Georgia player that plays in the secondary, you're probably getting a dog. To me, he's the best one that is back there. Everyone's looking to him. Am I in the right place? Am I lined up? Short area quickness. He's got recovery speed, high-motor guy, can chase down plays from the backside. I'm a big Javon Bullard fan. I think he might be the best DB that I've watched, period. So, Period. Like this oh, year, any year? Out of, out of all it. the corner, Just this year. Oh, just, this, just year. this year. I was about to say. I was like, oh, my goodness. But I've watched a lot of the top corners in this draft yeah. so far, and there's some good ones. Like Arnold from Alabama. Yeah. I think he's the best corner in the draft. But Bullard, just as a pure defensive back prospect, to me, he's my most fun tape study so far.
1: It may Ooh. not bother... Many because he does play safety and he has some safety nickel flex. But he's five foot eleven and he's listed at a buck ninety five. So he may even be smaller whenever the combine
4: comes around. Does that bother you at all? He just plays bigger. And like for his frame, to me, he doesn't look skinny. Like it's not when you're looking and last year we saw an Emmanuel Forbes and you're like, dang, that guy's wiry. Yeah. Yeah. To me, he's filled out pretty well and he could probably put on some weight. I'm sure that teams might want him to do so. But the way that he moves and the way he's just so physical and tough, to me, the size is not an issue for him at all.
5: Love that. There's another one of those light corners, uh, weight-wise. Has anybody seen Abrams j- uh, drain
3: from Missouri? Yeah, that's that's funny because I, was, uh, I, was, that mention, that I was I was about to mention. Is your guy? I was I was going to mention the other Missouri corner. Okay, uh, oh. but you go ahead. No, go no, ahead. go ahead. No, I, that, I, <coughs> I'm I'm going to take an Ennis uh from uh, yeah. from Missouri. So he's a yeah, okay. he's a Duncanville guy. There we go. Uh, he's just uh, yeah, so yeah, yeah. biased. Yeah. Th- so th- I, I wanted to throw out a precursor here. Not every pet cat I'm going to have is going to be a guy I used to cover. <laughs> but guy this from is a guy Duncanville. He's outfield cliff Dill. like <laughs> stand up but uh there's two legitimate corners here from missouri that are going to be day yeah. one day two type guys i look at ennis rakestraw i want to start from the top with him he was a guy uh back in the, the 2019 uh or going into the 2020 uh, uh recruiting class he had zero offers going into the final two weeks of the recruiting cycle nothing he he was looking at uh, fcs options uh, alcorn state was one that was popping out for him he had a huge state championship against north shore alabama missouri texas they all offered immediately and those were the three hats on the table for him on signing day, and he chose Missouri. And he could have gone to Alabama. He could have gone to Texas. Missouri showed him a lot of love, and it was a huge win for Eli Drinkwitz. There's actually a video out there of Drinkwitz throwing a drink <laughs> in the air and losing his mind over getting Rake Straw on signing day. But he started year one for them, uh, all ten games uh, in, in that 2020 season, and he has started every game since that he's been healthy at least. This past year, he didn't get thrown on him. It's he he does not get tested at all, and it allowed for opportunities for Chris Abrams Strain, and Chris yeah. Abrams Strain got a lot of work as he a did. result. And it was—it's actually huge for him because I think going into the season for Chris Abrams Strain, you were looking at a guy who was, you know, potentially a Day Three type guy, yeah. you know, but just needed reps. And boy, did he get them! Because Ennis Rakestraw was on the other side, locking things down. He's six foot one eighty eight. He's going to be really lanky, but he's got really long arms. He's going to press a guy right off the line and get physical. He has that Duncanville uh, physicality, tenacity that you, you love to see from a corner. He's got the aura. He's, he's, he's definitely got it. Um, he's a guy that's starting to sneak into that late first round type of type, type of territory. Yeah. I think for me. I would take him mid-second, but I think he's a guy that's awesome. I, I, I really do enjoy him.
5: Those Missouri corners are fun. They're, they're a good group to watch. You're going to help me with this name from UCLA, <laughs> the edge rusher? <laughs> uh, <or Liatu? laughs>
3: oh, that's my guy's first name. Let me a second. I want to see if I can find it. Liatu. Liatu. I believe it's Liatu, but again, Liatu, we're gonna, Liatu, I'm about Liatu? to go through all of these.
5: Is it Liatu? Latu? Is that it is. Latu. is that who Latu? Latu Latu. Yeah,
4: Latu for sure.
5: Yeah. I, I feel embarrassed because, like I said, I'm trying to learn these names, but I, I'll tell you what. You watch this tape. He's an edge from a UCLA. Yeah, He transferred from Washington. He's a no-nonsense player. He's relentless effort, pursuit, nonstop. Most of his work is done from the two-point stance. This guy's 6'5", 265. Mm-hmm. You know, so you're kind of thinking, oh, well, maybe he's got a, a 3-4 defensive end Kind of a build, you know that 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 just that that you know five technique head up guy. Now this guy can play on the edge, and when you start to talk about him, it's the speed, it's the quickness, it's the length. He gives blockers trouble. He breaks guys down. He's a swat swim. Hands are always going nonstop. Technique. Um, he's got diverse pass rush moves too, and I, I really do like this kid. I know Dallas might not be looking at an edge. But if you want to talk about a guy if you're if you're one of these fans that maybe another team that's looking at edge look at latu from uh from UCLA where's number 15 hmm. now the thing about him is he's dealt with some injury history he's he's had a medical history and he had to like step away from the game and then got cleared back to being able to play so we'll see how that affects him but man this guy as a run defender pass rusher the way he plays is just really really. Outstanding, and I think the Indy Combine will tell the story of this guy. If he slides down the draft, he might be one of these guys on the board at twenty-four. That might give or take. Mm, <laughs> you, have to it, take it. you might be. You're going to look at it and say maybe it's just too much that you yes. can't pass a guy like this because, uh, but. You know, we we some of the comparisons are what Lucas Van Ness, the kid we saw from Iowa last yeah. year, that kind of some of that comparison, yeah. maybe a little bit better player
4: there. I, I think he I is was definitely I think he's say I think, little, think he's a little more twitchy, bit more, a little more bend. Yeah, yeah. Yes. definitely. Like you to me, I think is the best pass rusher in the draft in terms of edges. Yeah. Him and Verse, I'm two for two To me, me to
5: I, sure, I right think there. you're feeling
4: it. Yeah. The, the guy that I'm going to throw lost out there yet. Yeah. that I could be totally wrong on, and I know I've talked to Brian about this, and he's getting love like he's the best edge rusher in the draft is Dallas Turner. Okay. I don't think I'm Man. a Dallas Turner guy. Yeah, Dallas, what? Like, To me, I'm taking Latu over Dallas Turner. I'm to me, you. Dallas I'm Turner looks the part. <clears throat> I, I, he physically is very, very impressive, but I think he runs himself out of place sometimes. He's got a good stab and a rip inside. He drops off into coverage, which is also a little bit weird. I don't know why you're doing that sometimes with him. <laughs> but to me, I just didn't see, as hyped as he is as a top 10 type of player. I didn't see that when I watched him play. He's a freak athlete, and I think scouts will look at that and be like, "Gosh, I can make him an absolute Pro Bowl, All Pro player." But give me a lot to if I had to, if I had to pick between the two of them, I think the guy, if he filled a twenty-four, goodness. I mean, how Medi- did you the, not medic- that? Yeah. the medicals goodness. are going to be the
1: medicals are going to be. <laughs> that's what's I mean, going to. So in, much yeah. fun. Yeah. Yeah. The, no. Well, if you're comparing him to Lucas Van Ness, I mean, Van Ness was taken by the Packers at thirteen. Yeah. So I mean, and well, he was he was not the, the top
2: edge, and rusher. we was. Yeah, I remember our reactions.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No,
5: yeah, because we didn't love like. Dan but that's what people comparison. I think. I think. I think he's I more, think the UCLA kid's a better player yeah, than Van Ness.
2: Yeah. yeah, last year when we were, it was so many edges. If I'm yeah. not mistaken, there it was a lot, lot, of edges, lot of edges, and I can't remember what his name was. But there was one that everyone was so high on early, and we was like,
1: Tyree Wilson, Tyree Texas Wilson, Tech. Yeah. That's him. Oh, yeah. We were like. Maybe. We all kind of talked about it, like, good player, yeah. top ten pick, maybe not. I mean, that was kind of the I thought process. That's what process. I felt Dallas like
2: about Turner, Dallas Turner. Turner. He's yeah. the... That's what that's like a, Tyree exact Wilson. Yes. To mine that came yeah, right. Cowboys
3: fans, big, if y'all are worried athletes. about Mozzie Smith and his rookie year, go go talk to a Raiders fan about Tyree Wilson. Yeah. <laughs> oh bad. my goodness. Well, Latu kind of gives me he has a little bit of Joey Bosa in him. He's got that crazy size, 6'5, 265 coming yeah. off the edge. Um, he's but he's athletic. And he yeah. used that in athleticism and he's got a lot of power, may need to uh, improve a little bit on technique because it's yeah. clear that he's used power his whole life. Uh, but he's athletic as hell. I, I that's a guy you would love to have.
1: It's funny you brought up Latu as a trans. Her from Washington, yeah. my guy is currently finishing his Washington tenure. Braylon Trice, oh. edge rusher, wears the single-digit like that too. Technician, he's strong, six foot four, yeah. two seventy-five. He gets off the line of scrimmage. He's working guys backwards. He he does have a, a run-stuffing ability. He can move laterally. He knows how to close things out. The one thing is he doesn't have a great change of direction. He's not very bendy. Mm-hmm. That's not his game he's though. Not. His game is a power game. A little top heavy. Yeah, he's very t- he's <laughs> strong up front, but yeah. that's that's where I've got him. I haven't watched a ton of edge rushers. Only three at the moment, but he was my first watch, and I really did
4: like. I'm with him. you on that. There's something okay. about him that stands out. That you're like, okay, right? And I put out a, a tweet oh, that is probably going to get caught on old takes, <laughs> exposed three, oh, three years from now. But I was great. like, give me Braylon Trice over Dallas Turner.
2: Well, wow,
4: yeah. Who do you got? There? I don't.
2: Mm, I, first of all, no, no, no. I on.
1: haven't watched Dallas Turner yet, but I, I just hearing the the hype with him, I feel scary. like
4: that would be a tough. He's tough a top thing. ten guy. I'm
1: thinking of Braylon Trice at like 24, like yeah, that, like back half of the first. Just I'm not going to be a
4: better pro. I think Braylon you, Trice,
1: you think might Braylon be. Trice might be that guy. I like it.
2: Brian took my pick cat. Oh, who is it? It was because, Latu? No, it was Jeremiah Trotter. Oh. Was, no.
1: talk about it, please.
2: I, was, talk. I, I talked about him enough. Uh, no, no, I, about uh, I wanted to – this is another guy that caught my attention. Y'all don't, don't roast me. But I You're know ready. we talk about running back. Okay. And maybe that – it's not nearly as good as it was last year. Yeah. But uh, Marshawn Lloyd out of USC stood out to me mm-hmm. uh, a little bit. uh transferred from uh, South Carolina to U- USC. Um, USC,
3: USC to, to USC. USC yeah.
2: <laughs> Y'all make me so sick.
3: Oh, it's going to be a long year. I can't year. believe that just happened. USC to USC. They're both going to show up in an LSU jersey next <laughs> yes.
1: week. It's just going to be great. Please.
2: But now nah, he he stood out to me. Um he just the, the The shiftiness and his cutback ability it it stands out to you. um I was looking at the just the overall foot quickness was there and but the specifically the short area quickness is off the charts to me um and I feel like he also too if he sees it, he can go I, I like the acceleration. the top speed is not elite or it's not like super high but again i think you you can deal with it with the short area quickness uh the lateral agility is crazy he's strong too like his lower half is crazy now he's 5'9 so i don't know if anybody would care about that he's 210
4: i care a little bit he's
2: 210 5'9 so but stout but
4: i can i can can rock with 5'9 he's very
2: he's very stout his lower half of his body is really strong to that point he is not afraid to pick up a blitz he is not afraid to get his nose in there with pass pro.
4: That's so, that's a huge point.
2: So some, you know, because when people look at smaller running backs, they yeah. like, you know, are people going to be trampling him? No, like he's his lower half allows him to be able to stand in there and, and hit, uh, do some of these blitz pickups and things like that. I think he would thrive in a zone scheme um, because again, like some of his lateral quickness is off the charts. Uh, so he got my attention. There's not a whole – like I said we talked about. It. There's not a lot of the running back class is not what it was last year, right. but. This guy, I think, can play the game.
3: My question for you on Marshawn Lloyd, and um, I know we're early in the process here, so it might be tough to make a comparison, but you look at a guy like Blake Corum who has similar size, a little bit better production, a little bit more speed. How do you kind of dif- different- differentiate the two?
2: Um, for me, now, when you look at Blake, because I-, I watched him for quite a bit of time, obviously there's a lot of There's a lot of tape. On him. Yeah. Yeah. A, lot been, of tape. a lot of touchdown yeah. tape, He's too. been doing a and lot. Um, I think that Marshawn is a little bit more punishing as far as power. And I like Blake, um, and I like what he's able to do. But at the same time, I do I, – I think Marshawn has a good balance of the power – and the speed and the lateral quickness. I know I know, Quorum can do a lot of stuff and um, bounce to the outside and he displays patience and things mm-hmm. like that. I think Marshawn has these things, but if he dips his shoulder, he's going to make you pay. You're going to feel him a little bit more to me than what you're going to feel Quorum. So that would, to me, be the distinction between the two. Um, they both don't have like crazy breakaway speed, mm-hmm. like I said, but even so, I still think that marshawn has a little bit more juice as that, at that top speed
3: and that pass plays more right? yeah, i was about to say that plays in pass protection, and as, in well. Pass yeah. protection yeah. as well yeah, absolutely.
2: so um yeah the similar cutback ability as corn like to your point i'm glad that you brought that up because uh, yeah their, their cutback ability is similar to me the lateral quickness and stuff like that you mentioned the production and all that stuff but if you go look at him if you look at marshawn at uh, sc the year he was there or the time he was there he was decently productive and but to average seven point yards a carry this past season is is let you know this guy can rumble if he needs to rumble and
4: can i slide one more dude in yeah one more because i'm geeking over here go for it (laughs) you guys watch uh jerzan newton from illinois
3: i have a hilarious
4: story about i watched him
2: last year i think i still (laughs) got my notes in him. i'd love
4: to (laughs) to hear the story but as far as defensive tackles go like man would i like to see the consistency with his get off a little bit more yes but holy moly, this yeah. dude yeah. was a fun watch. Yes. I mean, and, and I love his his awareness. He puts that big paw up. He is swatting balls to the line of scrimmage. He takes on double teams. I think he can play three-tech. I think he can kick out and play some five-tech. He's got some versatility. Hmm. Plays with tremendous leverage well, it was one of my notes on him. And I, I love him. I mean, he's a little bit smaller maybe. The but arm length will give him yeah, some short arms, Yeah, short arms. Short arms. But yeah. to me, I mean, he does do a good job of, of shedding blocks and being able to chase play scraped sure. down the line of scrimmage to Newton was a fun study yes interesting you
2: put him next to a ham He's gonna go nuts. Yeah. He's his to your point. I watched him. I remember watching him last year because we were so impressed Illinois, by the yeah. Illinois defense right. in general. Yeah, that's right. So well coached, and that secondary back there, baby, you think they was? You think they was thriving just because? No, nah, that yeah. that front four was steady for Illinois as well. And so yeah, I like his hands too. The violence of yes. his hands. I think that's what helps him, even yeah. though he has short no doubt, arms. Has, yeah, no it's no, hard. No, you're right. The hand fighting is there. So. Yeah. He's He is an interesting watch. I'm going to find my notes. There's and the bend
4: was here. more impressive than I was anticipating when I first started watching. I was like, man, this guy's got some bend to him. It's you know what funny. this sounds
1: like? It sounds like Kalijah Kansi from Pitt last year thicker. to a certain extent. Yeah. He's, yeah. He's thicker. What was 6'2", 295? Okay, Isn't and the, Cancy was like 280? Yeah,
5: he was yeah. a little bit of a smaller uh, guy. But, yeah, this guy's super disruptive. Mm-hmm. I, you guys are right about that. Uh, the chase is excellent. And, it, and when he gets in position, I mean, this guy, I always say it in my notes, I guess, this guys he's got like a dynamic initial burst.
4: Yes. The yes. way he
1: comes off the ball and gets into these blockers. Love it. A lot of names flying around. That's what we wanted this first day. Don't worry, fans. We will have Twitter on the 20 tomorrow. It Mercy. will happen. We will have Twitter on the 20. 20, 20 Whenever we were sending out the rundown, I was like, I want to get names out here. I want to just start hitting as many prospects as possible. Man, you guys are on your game today. When we come back, though, we'll have to be on our game a little bit more because it's time to grade the 2023 class. And does the lack of production change your draft philosophy for the Dallas Cowboys? More draft show right
0: after this. Hi, Drew Pearson, former Dallas Cowboy and now Pro Football Hall of Famer here. If you're struggling with your vision and tired of those contacts and glasses, don't throw a Hail Mary. Go where I went. Laser Care Eye Center, the official LASIK partner of the Dallas Cowboys. Drew, thank you so much for trusting us with your vision correction procedure. At Laser Care Eye Center, we offer six different vision correction procedures to help patients see. Check them out at DFWeyes.com. And that's the sound of you making them disappear. Smoothie bowls now in two new decadent flavors only at Smoothie King, the official smoothie of the Dallas Cowboys. This, this is it. the DallasCowboys.com draft show.
1: Back here on the draft show presented by Miller light here from the SWBC studios at the star in Frisco. Aisha Morrison, Zach Wolchuk, Brian brought Nick Harris, Chris beam in the back. I'm Kyle Yeomans. All right. This is the uh, the segment that I feel like all of us are probably going to uh, regret talking about at some point, Just, but we have to talk some about it. Some days you struggle. Yeah. Just got to talk about it. 2023 draft class for the Dallas Cowboys. Unfortunate breaks in the area of DeMarvian Overshone yep. going down early in the season, but you have... First-round pick, Mozzie Smith. Second-round pick, Luke Schoonmaker. Fourth-round pick, Viliyami Fahoko. Then you have Eric Scott Jr. You have uh, Awesome Richards in the fifth round. You have Deuce Vaughn in the sixth round. Uh, and then, yeah, not a whole lot of production across the board. Jalen Brooks was yeah. the seventh-round yeah. pick. <clears throat> not a ton of production. Brian, you, you've been in these draft rooms. You've been in these war rooms you We've had before. drafts like this before here. You've had ups, <laughs> and you've had downs. Well, I'm doing radio with you guys right yep, now. Yep. Where does this change things, if at all, yeah. in terms of your philosophy moving forward?
5: Well, what, what's disappointing to me is, though, I think you had a clear plan for what you wanted to do with um, with Mozzie. I think that you had an idea, and then all of a sudden it switched. Yeah. And, you know, the thing with Mozzie, and, I, and we all watch the games, the one problem that Mozzie has is when he doesn't get off the snap quick enough. He gets blocked. You know, And then maybe the weight loss was trying to, in his way of saying – oh, I could be quicker. I could get off the ball quicker if I'm smaller. But that's really not what I felt like the vision for Mozzie Smith was. You know, so the, the vision uh, – let's be honest. Before the draft, remember we were talking about tight ends in the first round. they were talking about Laporta. Yeah. Yeah. Remember we were all kind of looking mm-hmm. at each other like, damn, they might take Laporta here in the first round. Well, they were smart about that. They obviously yeah. had a vision for what Luke Schoonmaker – we all saw Luke Schoonmaker as more of a blocker, a guy that when – Blake Corum ran the football. Who was it going behind? It was this, behind Schoonmaker. It was behind Schoonmaker in this mm-hmm. offensive line, and those they're getting pushed and all that. <clears throat> so you had a vision for that. Overshown, unfortunate, what happened for him. I'm doing a preseason game. He's six plays. He's got three tackles. I'm going, damn, this guy needs to be on the field more. Yeah. You know, it, you just kind of go down through it, and it it there's it's a really good roster. But the young players that the, the top players that they had visions for, it didn't work out. I can understand the Eric Scotts and people like that down the Brooks down the you know, down the line because you're kind of looking for traits and trying to find it. But when you don't hit on the top three guys, that that makes it look a lot worse than it really is. You yeah. know, and I, I, I they had vision for these players and what they could do, it's just they did not they were not uh, they did not live up to the vision I believe that the front office had for what those guys uh, could could give them, and 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 they're playing from behind. Schoonmaker was injured, what, in mini camps and stuff like that. Yeah, you can ask that lost some. You know, I'm not making Slow excuses start. for the guy, but he was at Michigan. You watch him, man. He was a physical player, and I thought, well, he's gonna, you know, him Ferguson, they're gonna be fine. You know, one of the reasons why you don't run the ball particularly well is. Point of attack blocking at the edge, you know, with your tight ends has not been great. You know, and that's why you tried to go get Schoonmaker, and it didn't work out right now. I mean, but, you know, hey, we've seen <clears throat> Dalton Schultz here not do anything, you know, and then two years later he's, you know, he's off doing great things. Yeah. So, you know, that's my hope for guys like that. Yeah, but it, it's unfortunate that they got no production out of the really the top three guys that they drafted.
4: I mean, I think that that's important. I think it's, you know, take it, take a beat. You know, did, did you get the production that you wanted from these guys year one? No. I think the Dalton Schultz comparison is, is a brilliant one. Yeah. There were questions, is he going to make the roster? Then he yeah. turns into one of your most reliable players. And I think Schoonmaker is a guy, you were watching him on film. I think the blocking started to come along. Yeah. You started to see him do a better job as the season went. Uh, you know, as a receiver, you, you've you got a guy in Jake Ferguson that's emerging as one of the best tight ends in the NFL. So, I mean, that, that can come along nicely but you know you wanted him to try and help your running game as an inline blocker. The Mozzie thing with the weight loss fascinates me. I think you saw flashes from Mozzie this year at times, and he's a guy that naturally is not going to just fill up the stat sheet, right? He's not going to be a Micah Parsons for you or a, or a fowler with the splash plays that we yeah. talked about on post-game shows before. But, you know, you want Mozzie to do some of the dirty work, and I think that maybe some of it was frustration on his part as well. Yeah, uh, I think that he expects a lot out of himself and he didn't quite get that this year. But, I mean, Jalen Tolbert was a guy that people quit on last year. Tolbert gave you some good moments this year. So just because there wasn't a good rookie season, I'm not quitting on some of these guys. I mean, Mm -hmm. I still – I liked Junior Fajoco. He was a guy, the motor. There was a lot of stuff that I liked Crazy production. Didn't get to play a lot. I mean, it's awesome Richard's a guy that did get to play a little bit due to Mm -hmm. injury this year, and I don't think was terrible in the reps that he got as well as that, a guy that ends up getting a bigger role. So I I think that the jury's still out – the final grade on this draft class, how good, how bad it is. I think there's a still wait-and-see approach here. But certainly you're one. You didn't hit on your top two, three. Yet. Well, I think you would have hit on Overshown. I think people would have viewed this differently if Overshown had been healthy. I agree. And I
1: think you're also – the frustrations probably amplified a significant margin because you look at the last couple drafts, you've had immediate impact from your previous three drafts. Yes. CeeDee Lamb, Trayvon Diggs, Neville Gallimore, Tyler B. in 2020. 2021, it was Micah Parsons, Osa Edigizua. 2022, it was Tyler Smith, Jake Ferguson, Deron Bland. Yeah, Immediate production from those three draft classes – and then you get into 2023, and you, like you said, the vision was there. Yeah. The, the effort was there in terms of putting those guys on the field and making them fit into a certain role. It just didn't work out. But does that mean the vision changes this time around, whenever you go into a separate draft process?
5: Yeah, I, but you know what? This, this organization does a good job now of taking the best available player on the board, yeah. and I trust them for that. Because I mean, I, I to me, I don't think they. I think they have an idea of going in what they would like to get, but they they they've done a good job of saying, you know what, this is our stack. We're going to take this guy right now. You know, what I mean, we, we talk about oh, they need an edge, oh, they need a linebacker, oh, and then they take a C.D. Lamb or something like that, and you're like yes. going, wow, okay. That I applaud them for what they've done. I think that approach will always work here. I think that's why they're one of the best drafting teams. I think it's unfortunate that the top 3 guys didn't get any production, real production this year. I don't think that changes for them. Yeah. I think they're going to stack their board. I think they're going to look at the they're going to grade the players, they're not going to window dress their board and they're going to stack them up there and if when it's their turn to pick, they're going to take their top guy.
1: I trust them to do that. I really, really do. Since it is the first draft show and then we may have some new listeners along the way. Window dressing a board. What does yeah. that mean? Terminology. Yeah,
5: you, you don't you don't want to just put guys in spots just because if you know if you really don't believe a guy's a first round player, don't just put him up in the first round in, up there because everybody else in the league thinks he's a first yep. round player. If you really believe that, or or if if somebody's got a guy in the third round, uh, for example, uh, Travis Frederick. Everybody has Travis Travis Frederick as a as a third round player. They took him at pick thirty. You know, yeah, that's still below probably our cut line. We probably had 23 first-round grades, so he was more like a second-round player, but they they took him at 30. See, that's that's if you believe that a guy is that player, put him where you would take him. You know, don't window dress your board. Don't just put them up there because you uh, ever, all the scouting services
1: said that's what you have mm-hmm. to do. And this is not a team that window dresses their board. They will not window dress their Tr- board. Tyler Smith, they no. took him above yeah. The, yeah. the pay grade yep. at the time. I Absolutely. mean, Mozzie Smith, Mazi Luke Schoomaker. Well. Yeah. Some of them have worked. Some of them, at least at this point, yep. have not. Absolutely. I'm with Zach. I'm not giving up on Mozzie Smith and Luke Schoomaker just yet. I think DeMarvy and Overshown can be a, a, a guy but this is not an organization that in the past has window-dressed their board. And no. I think you should take comfort in that yeah. Yeah. moving forward.
2: Yeah, I mean, when you talk about this, this draft, this past draft class, and like you guys talked about, the lack of production, I know we we are giving them some time and stuff because development is important, but it did hurt It to, did. To oh, me. It did. Especially, I mean, you mentioned Junior Fajoko. I was really sad, low key, that we didn't get to see him this season because one thing that stood out, stood out about him on tape was how he can contain the edge and, and defend the edge. And I, baby, look, where do people attack you this year? Yeah, yeah. along yeah. the edge. Yeah, have mercy, yeah. Um, because I feel like his uh, I felt like his size didn't take away from his speed. And to your point, the explosiveness, his ability to shed and tackle, his power
0: yeah. is
2: was a was a problem for tackles. And so I was looking at him because if you're smart, you're not just gonna run at Demarcus Lawrence. The Cowboys have been needing an yeah. edge opposite of Demarcus Lawrence that can consistently stop the run. Yep. You got guys that can rush the passer. You haven't had a guy that can go over there and man that spot and make people have to make decisions. And so I was really looking forward to him. So to see, you know, that this year to see him not have that opportunity to be On the field where he just didn't get on the field was that stood out to me. But also with Schoonmaker, Doug, 12 personnel could have helped you a lot this year. And it wasn't that they didn't run it, it's the fact that there's an element of football that matters, and people know big homie ain't catching no passes for real. Yeah. So it don't matter (laughs) if you're running them out there and you doing some 12 personnel type stuff. People are—they're focusing on Ferguson, and yeah. having another receiving tight end yeah. could have made a hell of a difference in the way this offense was run. And, yeah. and don't get me wrong—I did like some of the things that Schoolmaker mm-hmm. did in the blocking game and mm-hmm. stuff, but the lack of the lack of receiving from that second tight end—it hurt this year and I do think it could have opened up this offense a little more if you got some production there. No
5: doubt. Yeah, they started treating Ferguson like a wide receiver. You're seeing like quarters (laughs) playing on him, you know, and stuff like that. Mm -hmm.
3: I think I'm with you guys on the jury still being out for this class, but I I think you also have to look at the results and what's on paper and it's the fact that you had eight draft picks and only two of them were active for every game this season and only two of them were really uh, key players that were on the field quite a bit. Um, You know, I look at Schoonmaker as being probably the best draft pick, and, you know, based on his production, that's probably not the best thing in the world. Yeah. I think uh, I think T.J. Bass is the best rookie in this in, in yes. entire class. Yeah. Um, what T.J. Bass was able to do and bring to the field, you also got to look at Hunter Lipke and what he was able to do. I know that fumble got in better. Miami was got tough, better. but yeah. uh, T.J. Bass, I, I think he was uh, kind of the saving grace of the the rookie class. You so were right yeah. about him. You yeah. right. yeah. 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 were right. You guys were talking about him. He should
5: have boy. been drafted. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of people that, you know, like, damn, we missed on that guy.
2: Um, Put some... Put some respect on Jalen Brooks a little bit. I, 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 he didn't get yeah. to. He didn't no. get to do a, a whole whole bunch, but I feel like the times we did see him, he was productive. But he showed you more than what I think people expected of him, especially like see, coming in. I'm yeah. thinking. I mean, yeah. we thought like, Special oh, this guy's going to be Isn't a gunner. Undrafted. Yeah. He
1: can't yeah. body, and yeah. I mean, then he comes traits. in and he's
2: sure hands, yeah. strong hands, yeah. really weird, sneaky quickness, which makes no sense. He uses his length really well. Those yep. long strides. I personally do think he does have some upside yeah. as a receiver, and we could mm-hmm. see maybe what he's capable of. You have something?
3: Yeah, I'll tell you. He's probably the only draft pick that overperformed. I was just about to say that. Yeah, if is. you were looking at mm-hmm. top to bottom,
1: one through through eight of the draft picks last year, he's the only one that went Overshown above. Asterisk, but yeah. overshone yes, could have. got to be yeah. fair to him. But he's the only one that, that went above the expectations. Yeah. Everybody else was probably below expectations.
2: as Have y'all heard anything about Eric Scott? Have has there been any, and like and don't get me wrong, I caught up with him early on because when you looked at him on tape, you said, okay, this guy can press, he's yeah. sticky, got that little, you know, that Velcro little touch. He plays the... Also
1: loved him. Absolutely. William loved him. Yes,
2: right, and so obviously we didn't get a chance to see him. He did have a little bit of a point in um, uh, pre-season, preseason where he was struggling. I caught up with him. I asked him. They were working, if I'm not mistaken, they were working uh, zone concepts with him because you, you got to be able to do both in, yeah. in this place. You know, so did y'all hear anything throughout the season or any updates on him? Not, not
1: specifically I think <laughs> I think what no. you what you are outlining is is about the the rundown on Eric Scott okay track, yeah. they're trying to get him more comfortable with his own concepts he played a lot of man at Southern miss he was mostly press corner mm-hmm. I mean he was up top and, and physical mm-hmm. they want him to be able to to track at the same time yeah. and cover and I, I just think he wasn't ready for that as a rookie but if you're a six round pick you're expected to have a, a little right. bit of leeway. Get into a developmental of side of things. Come back from camp this year. He's going to have to have a big camp. If well, he really they gave wants up make a make pick it, for draft.
2: And that's, that's, that's why I'm asking the, yeah, because yeah. they clearly they saw something in him. in him.
5: They did. They gave uh, up a fi- pick this draft to move up and get
4: him.
2: Well, tater tots, yeah. we talk about. We'll get some
4: Eric Scott this year. Yeah.
2: W- w- well, is the DC going to be the same? Because if the DC are not the
4: same. <laughs> yeah. He
2: might not like.
4: He might not like him. The him. get, not, not, with but the get
3: down the get down. We'll talk about this tomorrow, too. I, I know this, <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. I know we're going over here, but really quick, I I'm think sorry. there is an opportunity for Eric Scott to be able to jump in if they decide to move on from Jordan Lewis. I think there's yeah. an opportunity for him at Nickel. Yeah. Okay. Good to think
0: about.
1: Yeah. Okay. And there's there's opportunities that could line up for a lot of these rookies, mm-hmm. the 2023 rookies specifically, yeah. Yeah. spots at edge rusher for Viliami Fajoko, spots on the offensive line for Austin awesome Richards. Is it foregone conclusion that that's where they're going to end up plugging in? Absolutely not. There's a lot that can happen between now and then including from a coaching staff standpoint, like Aisha just eloquently put a couple moments ago. Ah. Who's your DC? Who's your head coach? Who is going to be on the opposite side of the building? We will continue to monitor that as we go on. Tomorrow, we're going to dive deeper into this 2024 draft class. I want to do some more Tell Me More. We'll have some Twitter on the 20, and we'll continue to get you ready for 99 days away, the NFL draft in Detroit, Michigan coming up here in just a couple of months. That does it for us here on the initial episode here in 2024. For Chris Beam, Zach Wolchuk, Nick Harris, Brian Broaddus, Aisha Morrison, I'm Kyle Yeoman saying so long from the star in Frisco. We'll see you tomorrow. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas
0: Cowboys Football Club.
6: How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!